Spark your entrepreneurial pursuits with our guests' best-kept secrets for growing their business and healthcare practices. Get the how-tos that host How Out PR uses to win record sales for business owners and managers. This is BusinessWorks. Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar, and I'm here today to share with you uh, some information that I think will be very helpful to you for your business, whether you own it or you're the manager or you are looking to start one. Um, whatever business you're in, you're going to find some value in this. And I, um, I'm going to continue from where we left off the other day. So I, I want to mention first that Many of you, excuse me, who listen to this broadcast on 94.1 radio in Middle Tennessee or to the podcasts, which are available and they're free and they are worldwide. And you can get them at www.newstalk941.com slash podcasts. Um, those of you who are listening have mentioned liking the mix of business owner and manager interviews with my how-to talks on proven business and healthcare practice management and marketing. So we're going to continue to try to uh, give you a good cross-section of both of those as the, uh, uh, and, and if you're interested in being interviewed, but I should mention this because I, I overlooked um, doing that occasionally, if you're interested in being interviewed for the show and you either have a business or you're planning to start one or you are uh, have been in business a while and are looking to do something different or you have some experience in the business world, um, yeah, I would love to hear from you. And you can do that. You can contact me anytime at hal, H-A-L, at businessworks, with an S on the end, dot U-S. In the subject line, just put 941, so I will know that it came through uh, these broadcasts, and be sure to open it. I will promise you also a quick response. You can, uh, if you want to put a phone number in there, I'll even try you back there. So I'll leave that up to you. But if you have input, ideas, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know of someone who would make a good guest, um, or... You just want some, maybe a chance to talk about some of the things that we bring up here. Be happy to accommodate you. So today, we're going to explore more of the specific details, the, the kind of the how-tos that we began to uncover in the last program. That was a February 16th, if you're looking through the podcast, and it was titled, Moving Your Business Forward. And so today is, if you will, part two of moving your business forward. And in the last go-round, we covered a lengthy list of management and marketing ideas and guidelines. And if you recall, we discussed everything from the need to consistently apply the business and professional practice marketing guideline of AIDAS, A-I-D-A-S. And that stands for attract attention, create interest, stimulate desire, bring about action, and guarantee satisfaction. We talked about some applications of that thinking on websites and on social media posts, in news releases, and community relations, and with customers or patients, and with employees suppliers, really everyone you come in contact with. And if you are a, let's say, a physician or a healthcare 
practitioner, believe me, patient families are every bit as important as patients when you are practicing aetis. So, you know, remember, you got to attract attention first. If you've already done that, then you have to create interest. And when you're doing that, you've got to stimulate desire. You've got to make people, bring them to the table, bring about action, and then guarantee satisfaction. Now, you cannot guarantee satisfaction with every patient if you're a doctor. Um, you can't do it even when you're in business in many cases, but you sure as heck can try and it's that it's that effort that you make that brings people back, and it's the one that makes the difference between you and your competitor your competitors. Today, I'm going to dip into my <laughs> 237 years of experience. Well, that's what I tell people anyway, because I retired three times for one to each, <laughs> and so. Uh, uh, but I'm going to dip back in there with some of the award-winning marketing and branding programs I've done and, and then follow all of these, follow those AIDA's guidelines with, with some suggestions that you may, want, uh, you may want to consider regardless of whether you're trying to build a new customer base, uh, a stronger one, or a patient volume base, or if you seek to strengthen employee and supplier relations. Why? Because if you're the boss, or if you hope to be someday down the road, you will have to strengthen the influence and the impact of your attitude in order to make a genuine difference in your sales, your growth, and in launching a pattern of ongoing success. And I should mention here that all of what I'm discussing here applies equally to brand new as well as old established businesses and and even your new business ideas. So let's, uh, let's review a couple of key points first um, after having done that much. And I will tell you that uh, I also, you know, the last time around, and before I review these points, uh, I mentioned that it's a good idea if you have the uh, wherewithal as you're listening to this to grab a pen or pencil and a piece of paper. Physiologically, there is a difference of using a pen and paper, believe it or not, the, to using a keyboard. So when you punch something into a keyboard, it transforms into an electronic message of some sort, and it takes it away from you, and you don't have to feel ownership about it. It just goes, <laughs> you know, it goes in there, and it comes out wherever you want it to, but when you write something down with the physical action, it comes through your brain, down your neck, into your shoulder, into your arm, into your hand, into the pen, and onto the piece of paper. That's a commitment. That's a commitment. And so there's a difference when you record note-taking on a piece of paper or you put it into a keyboard or you knock it into your cell phone or whatever. Um, just keep that in mind because some of these points... Um, are really worth staying with and retaining and, and being able to refer back to them because in the end, these points will impact your not just your business and staff and suppliers and customers, but also your competition, your community, uh, your prospects, prospective customers and patients, the methods of operation you have, your finances, your branding and marketing, the appearance of your business and, and, and the appearance of your staff, 
Um, the opportunities that are there that you probably don't think of minute by minute, but they're there, and you know they are, and you've thought about them on and off. This all highlights them. It's the ability to take inventory of yourself and remember that when all is said and done, it comes back to your family and your family support. And whether you have a family business and they work with you or you're on your own, you still, your family is still paramount. And so that becomes a, a balancing act with your business. And I recognize that that's not always easy. And, and I think that uh, we need to accept that fact as we go forward. Some of you who are listening might be thinking about using outdoor advertising or billboards, okay? With extremely rare exception. Extremely rare exception, billboard, electronic or otherwise, needs to follow the same proven guideline that applies to branding. And what is that? Seven words or less. If you think you can get your message across in eight words or nine words or ten words and that that justifies your expense, you're dreaming. Seven words or less is all that can be absorbed by those who are passing by the billboard, especially at 40, 50, 60, or 70 miles an hour. I saw a billboard on Route 40 recently on my way to Nashville, and it must have had uh, easily had 30 or 40 words on it, and I couldn't get any of them. I, I tried to figure out what the message was, and I've passed it now a number of times, and I still can't figure out who the advertiser is, what they're trying to sell. Why do they have a billboard? I mean, you know, maybe that's good stuff for direct mail, but a billboard, seven words or less. The same rule of thumb you use for branding. Um, really important. One of those... Um, and this, by the way, this applies even at a traffic light because there are too many other distractions going on. There's the cars around you, in front of you, behind you. There's people on street corners. There's stores. There's whatever. There's always some activity on a corner, and you've got to be watching every direction. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter if somebody's going by at 60 or 70 or they're stopped at a traffic light. You, you, billboards have got to be right to the point. Seven words or less is what the message should be. And, and I, you know, great examples I'll give you. Cracker Barrel is terrific at doing that. They inevitably seem to come up with seven words or less. Um, and they put those billboards just in, just forward of exits, if you've noticed, um, so that they give you time to find them. And um, their message is short, quick, to the point. Who's another one? Chick-fil-A, by the way, another one. And locally, here in Middle Tennessee, I would vote for uh, two professional practices that I, I think have outstanding um, uh, use of billboards. They, they keep it short and sweet, right to the point. Hardly ever see more seven words, more than seven, I don't think, for Premier Diagnostics in Cookville uh, or Father and Son Family Medicine in Cookville. They inevitably use seven words or less, and that's smart stuff. And almost always, your seven words or less, uh, your branding line, is your best message. It, 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 and and i got to tell you, it's better than whatever the billboard company staff come up with because they are not invested 
in the billboard in in your business. They are they're invested in the billboard business, um, but not in your business or your professional practice. And so it doesn't mean they're going to slight you. Doesn't mean don't talk to them. It just means don't hold out thinking that they are going to come up with something better than you can. Okay, we're going to take a short break here, and um, I'll be right back with you, and we will talk a little bit more about this and a couple of other key points to keep in mind in running a business. Thank you. Don't go away. The good stuff's yet to come. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal Alpiar, your host. And so, okay, we left off with branding lines and seven words or less for billboards and all that sort of thing. What other restrictions must you consider? How about that, for example, and you may not know this or have thought about it, a 30-second radio or TV commercial is actually only 28 seconds of time on air sound, true on air sound, 28 seconds worth. So, you know, it, those two seconds can make a difference. So keep what you have to say simple. Repeat your name in a, let's say, a 30-second radio commercial. Repeat your name four or five times. It doesn't hurt. Three times for your phone number is kind of the rule of thumb. Uh, if you're going to give a phone number or a website, put it in three times. I've heard some commercials, they just say, you know, uh, 931854, blah, 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 and they say it again and again three times at the end, or they may weave it carefully throughout the the text of the the uh, presentation, or they may start with it and end with it and mention it in the middle. Okay, all those kinds of things. So there are lots of options about that. But generally speaking, don't expect people are going to walk away from a commercial, a 30-second commercial, and remember everything. So what you want them to remember is how to contact you. If they like the tone of your message, yeah, they'll want to get in touch somehow, or they're going to want to find you somehow. The use of a jingle and especially uh, music that's appropriate to your message and your identity. The, uh, the donut type of commercial, which has music at the beginning and at the end, um, and, and in the middle part is, is cell copy. It's called cell copy in the middle. So that's what the donut shape is. And music in the beginning, cell copy in the middle of the donut, and then the other side of the donut is music again to close it. Um, and remember that in those cases, um, you cannot use any music or song that comes to mind or that seems appropriate to your message or what your business is all about. Original, created, created music that you pay for is probably nine times out of ten less extensive, expensive than buying the rights to an existing copyright use. Okay, so let me say that again. In other words, if you want to use music and you want to go out and, and um, get some music to put together or get someone to put it together for you, probably what you will pay for is is going to be nine times out of ten cheaper than if you want to use a, a, a known piece of music someplace and you have to go and pay the copyrights for. And you do have to do that. There's no way around it. Um, even when you go to the radio station, they're going to make sure that you you have legitimate music and that it's yours or that um, it it has been, you know, that you've taken care of all the legalities and paid for them. So remember that it is 
you can greatly increase the impact and effectiveness of your advertising messages with that, with, with music. And, but remember that it is the repetition of the jingle that actually sells. And uh, that's when I used to teach uh, college, and I used to talk about this in advertising class, and I would say, repetition sells. Repetition sells. Repetition sells. Repetition sells. And I would go on for maybe another three, four minutes till everybody was like in anguish. But the point is true, and, and they didn't forget it. <laughs> and they're going back, and, and I've had students come to me many years later and still give me those two words because they, they laughed and they remembered it. So the point is don't give up after running a limited schedule uh, or trying only a few weeks on the air. If you're going to do some, some commercials, commit yourself to doing, talk, you know, meet with the people at the station and talk with them about it and tell them what you want to accomplish. And, and they'll tell you how long you should run it in order to accomplish that. And um, th you have to trust people's judgment. This is the business they're in. And if they're wrong, you're not going to come back. So they're going to be straight with you, you know, and, and you need to understand that, that this is their business. So the schedule that you choose when you run your commercials and what stations you select is as important as what the commercials actually say. Ah, do you know when and where people you most want to reach are most likely to be tuned in? Hmm, good question. Oh, and very important, include a call to action at the end of every commercial. <laughs> Remember the repetition cells? Okay, include a call to action at the end of every commercial. This is really important. Give at the end of the commercial a phone number or a website or location directions. End up telling listeners, viewers, if it's TV, what it is that you want them to do. When, where, how, etc. Okay, be, be very specific. Break it down. Don't use big fancy words. Um, just make sure that you have a call to action at the end of every spot, every commercial, and and that that is somehow for pe a, a way for people to be in contact with you, and that's the whole point of it. Let's translate this into in-person sales. Someone comes into your store or your office. Um, these are proven to be either made or lost in the first four minutes of interaction, and appearance consumes. Guess what? Minute number one. Appearance consumes minute number one. So do you, your employees, your place of business, your vehicles, do they communicate an image that's appropriate to what you're selling? Well, let's hope so. Um, because if they don't, that will get remembered, <laughs> you know, and that's not a good thing. Your, your ideal sales pitch or ad should immediately answer these two questions from a prospective client or a prospective customer or a prospective patient. These two questions is what they want answered. You ready? What's the deal? That's question number one. Question number two, what's in it for me? <laughs> okay. 
So no matter how great you think you are or your business is, if it doesn't answer those two questions, you've lost the sale right away. Somebody is talking with you and they want to know, they may not ask these things, but they want to know what's the deal. What is the deal here? Do I, can I um, have a choice of amounts of payments over a period of time? Is this all, is it discounted if I give you all, you know, whatever the questions may be. Do I get all these pieces or do I have to buy them? So, you know, what's in it for me is the most important of all. What's in it for me? Why should I buy this item or this service from you right now? What's the best thing that's going to happen to me? So, you know, that's really important to keep in mind. And then, you know, coming back to the thinking about commercials and time spent on uh, radio and television and billboards and all that, this is another little gimmicky slogan, but it works. And and perhaps you've heard it, but a, a business with no sign is a sign of no business. A business with no sign is a sign of no business. So... By the same token, a broken, sloppy, dirty, or faded sign communicates the same kind of negative impression about how you run your business. I don't know many people who want to go into a food market, for example, or a grocery store that has a broken, sloppy, dirty, or faded sign. Now you think about that. Is that if you can go down the street and go into a bright, cheerful environment with a brand new or at least well-lighted or well-preserved uh, sign that's kept clean, the odds are you're going to choose that one. And so is it just the sign? No, it's the front windows if you're a retail store. It's the entranceway if you're a retail store. If you're a food store, I mean, everything, including the floors and how clean they are or are not, and the bathrooms and how clean they are or are not, communicates to customers and prospects what you're all about. Uh, personally, I don't like buying food from a store that is dirty. <laughs> it just makes me, I don't know, you know, it just makes me feel like this isn't, isn't going to be good food or safe or something. You have to, in other words, market yourself and your services from the customer's point of view or from the patient's point of view. And patient families, of course, those are just as important as the patient when it comes to building your practice over a period of time. The most results-oriented sales tool in any business or professional practice is empathy. The commitment to listen carefully, to put ourselves in the other person's shoes to take a genuine interest in the desires and the fears and the motivations of others that cannot be matched. Thank you so much for being with us today, and i uh, love to hear from you, and please tune us back in. If uh, you're interested in business or you know anyone who is and want to learn more, this is the place for you. Have a great day. You've been listening to Business Works. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.